Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Hello, you're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We are going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you will dial 702-650-5588. If you'd like to join in our discussion today, if you have a comment, prayer request, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Again, 702-650-5588 if you're local. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That number would be 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We're being streamed live over KKVV's website, and that web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. We're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website, and our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, I really encourage you to visit our website. Again, that address is www.savethelostlv.org. Click on to radio broadcast. We have radio archives under the radio broadcast. Select the date that you'd like to listen to. Um, the gospel is always free on our watch. The um, broadcasts are always free to listen to. So I encourage you to listen and encourage someone else to listen with you. Also, if you have an Apple device, we are also being archive-free at iTunes. So, save the loss at all costs. Again, the gospel is free on our watch. If you have a cell phone, and I encourage you to lock in this phone number. You can listen to KKVV 1060 AM anytime that you like. You can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. And that number, I really strongly encourage you to lock in, would be 563-999-3194. Again, that number would be 563-999-3194. It only works in the United States. So, you know, there we have it. So we are going to get into a discussion, and we're going to be talking <clears throat> about uh, a false teaching. And the false teaching is the curse of Ham, H-A-M, Ham. Uh, Ham is one of Noah's sons, and um, in modern uh, Christianity, uh, or shall I say mainstream Christianity, some uh, are teaching that uh, black people are cursed uh, because of the curse of Ham. And we're going to get into that. And they use that to justify slavery and racism towards black people all over the world. And uh, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 9, verses 21 through 23. And, you know, that's the beginning of the curse of 
the, uh, the, shall I say, the curse being perpetuated, which is totally heretic. It's a false teaching. And, um, we're, we're going to get into that. Okay. So I'm just going to give you the Greek word. Uh, I want to go to Strong's number 2526. Again, we're going to go to Strong's 2526. So let me pull up my Greek word. As you know, that every week I want to try to give you a Greek word. Now, the thing is, is that also, when you look at it, uh, appearances can be deceiving. There could be someone who appears to have uh, Eurocentric features and uh, will not believe that they have any type of African ancestry in them and uh, may even go so far to say that they're of a pure blood. They have a pure bloodline because of the appearance of uh, their features or their skin. And I would really uh, challenge a lot of people who want to take that hard line that uh, you do yourself a real disservice by taking that position. I would even challenge you to have a DNA test done. There are plenty of them online where you can have a test done. And it will show you uh, what your DNA is show, uh, is uh, made of. And then uh, see if you're willing to make that statement again. So, you know, be very, very careful when you want to uh, make uh, those very defining statements based on an outward appearance. Uh, you may find out that uh, you are totally mistaken. As uh, Pastor Terry says, you could be sincere, but you could be sincerely wrong. So be very careful because the Bible does not use uh, skin color or geography as a way to uh, decide who's worthy and who's not. I think uh, the basic premise is, is that everybody is a sinner and everybody is in need of the Lord and everybody's in need of a Savior. And the only person that has that definition is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I believe that he died for everyone, not for a person that has a particular bloodline or features or outward appearance. And the thing is, is that we need to stop accepting lies. And then the main thing that we really need to start doing is stop saying that God said it, or that's what God meant by it. When we uh, talked about the graves of lust last week, and we were in Numbers 11, um, there were over 600,000 men that made it out of Egypt, and we didn't include the women, and we didn't include the children. But those that were in the wilderness that came out of Egypt, there were only two uh, that came out of Egypt, that were able to go into the promised land. And that two that came from Egypt were uh, Joshua and Caleb. So, you know, God is not going to be lied on. He is not going to be misinterpreted. And you have to really, really be careful when you are trying to promote what God is saying and what he means in his word when it's totally uh, against what it is that you are trying to convey. Be very careful. 
You know, God doesn't need anybody to defend him. He's quite capable of defending himself. And you'll have to give an account why you're perpetuating lies, especially in God's name, and um, causing great schism in his houses and among his people and um, targeting people and using his scripture as a hammer and as a wedge. It's not going to be good for you. And I really would encourage you to stop. Learn the truth. You know, seek God's forgiveness. Repent and turn from that that is separating you from him. Really. So let's get into it. So again, we're going to look in Genesis chapter 9, verses 21 through 23. So, I'm in the New King James Version. And the Word of God says this. Again, we're in verses 21 through 23, chapter 9 in Genesis. Let me start with verse 20. And verse 20, And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. 21, Then he drank of the wine and was drunk, and became uncovered in his tent. 22, And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and told his two brothers outside. 23, But Shem and Japheth, took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. So I still owe you a word from uh, Strong's. So trying to get into my phone, I apologize. So again, it's uh, Strong's 2526, and it is the word... Ham. So uh, it will be spelled uh, Sham, C-H-A-M, C-H-A-M. But the short definition would be Ham. And it is a son of Noah, also his descendants, also names for Egyptians. Okay? So again, that's Strong's 2526. So we have that word. Now we've gone into Genesis 9. We read verses 20 through 23. So this is starting with the curse of Ham. So let's look at that. The attempt is to make Ham the target of the curse in the very definition of false teaching when the verse clearly names Canaan as the target of the curse. Okay? So... Let's uh, look in verse 24 and see what it says. And then 25. So Noah awoke. This is verse 24. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. 25. Then he said, Curse be Canaan and servants, servant of servants, and he shall be to his brethren. Okay, verse 25 again. Then he said, Curse be Canaan, a servant of servants, and he shall be to his brethren. All right, so we read verses 24 and 25. Now, uh, Noah only had uh, three sons. And Canaan is not his son. It's his grandson. So, in the Bible, 
it talks about sons and daughters. And the younger son is referred to a grandson. So, you know, this is what we have to understand. Canaan is a grandson, and he is the target of the curse, not Ham. And I know some of you saying, wow, I didn't know that. Okay, so let's look at some of the things that these false teachers have been pushing. It says that the Bible does not say that he uncovered his father's nakedness. The Bible does not say he had sex with his mother. And the Bible does not say he had sex with Noah. The Bible does not say he castrated Noah. There are no indications that any of the above scenarios took place, yet these teachings are very prevalent within the church. Those that teach or follow such doctrine are either deceiving, being deceived, or both. The Bible goes on to say, and then that's when we read verses 24 and 25. The verse makes reference to Noah's younger son, but he then curses his grandson, Canaan. Many of the false teachings that spring from these verses are due to a lack of cultural understanding or just flat out ignoring what the Bible says in order to push a race-based agenda. Again, the word grandson does not appear in the Bible. Grandsons and granddaughters were referred to as sons and daughters. The phrase younger son refers to a grandson as well as a son. So let's start looking at some verses here. So... In Hebrew, ancient Hebrew cultures, like I said, you have to get back into the culture of things. It was customary to list the children in the order of their birth, which means that Ham was possibly the middle son and not the youngest. There is an exception to this rule, and that is when the elder ends up serving the younger. It is no coincidence that the youngest child is almost always the chosen child. Seth was the youngest son of Adam. Isaac was the younger son. It was younger than Ishmael. Jacob was younger than Esau. Uh, David was the younger of his brothers. Solomon was David's youngest son. Okay, so let's go to Genesis ten twenty one, and let's see what it says here. It says, Genesis ten twenty one. again, I'm in the New King James Version. And the children were born also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japhat, the elder. Okay, so Japhat is the oldest son of Noah. And let's look in the order of how they're listed. First off, we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 5 and look at verse 32. Okay, and the word of God says this, Genesis chapter 5, verse 32. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay, so that's Genesis 5, 32. Let's look at Genesis 6, 10. And the word of God says this. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay, so we see that Ham is listed in the middle uh, on both those verses. Let's go to Genesis 7, 13. So Genesis 7, 13, and the word of God says, And on the very same day Noah and Noah's son Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, and their three wives of their sons went them and entered the ark. Okay, 
Uh, Lists his ham in the middle again. So now let's go to Genesis 9, uh, chapter 18. So we go 9, 18, and the word of God says this. Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. Okay. Ham was the father of Canaan. There it is. Canaan is the grandson of Noah. Okay. So let's go to Genesis 10.1. Now this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And sons were born to them after the flood. Okay. It says sons were born to them after the flood. So. It seems that Ham uh, most often is mentioned as the second. And um, Japheth would be the elder and Shem is usually mentioned last. Now this isn't, you know, concrete proof of anything, but uh the thing is is that it is concrete proof that Canaan is not Noah's son. Okay? And the curse is not on Ham. The curse is on Canaan. So this is something that uh, is definitely been identified in Scripture. So let's keep going. Now, when we look at the curses that have been applied to the grandson, uh, we see that when we go to Genesis 9 and we start in verse 24, and we end up in verse 25. So, let's see that. And uh, we go down to verse 26 and 27. And 26 says, And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant, and may God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be his servant. Okay? So, let's look at some things here. In Genesis 10, verse 6, let's look at the descendants of Ham. The sons of Ham were Cush, Merazim, Put and Canaan. Now, Cush is also referred to Ethiopia and Africa in the Bible. Now, Egypt is also a part of Africa. And Marazim refers to Lower and Upper Egypt. That's what that refers to. And put is referred to what is uh, modern day uh, Libya. So all these places are in Africa. And there's just no way that you have all these people. 
cursed because of their skin color. That just does not compute at all. So let's start looking at how words are interchanged and misapplied. And a lot of people want to use uh, Leviticus 18 verse 7 to try to line up with what we saw in uh, Genesis uh, 24 and 25 in chapter 9. So let's go to Leviticus. And let's see. And you have to understand the time factor is when Leviticus was actually written. Okay, so let's go to Leviticus 18. And go to chapter 7. So I'm turning there. I am getting there. Okay. Leviticus chapter 18. And we are looking at verse 7. The nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother shall not uncover. She is your mother and you shall not uncover her nakedness. Okay. So. We're talking about mother and father here. And then when we go back up to Genesis and we're looking at verse 21. And we're talking about Noah. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. 22. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Now, was Ham the reason why Noah was naked? Did Ham have anything to do with Noah being naked based on what we just read? It said that Noah drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. What what did Ham have to do with that? Noah drank, he became drunk, and he became uncovered in his tent. Then verse 22, it says, Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. He saw and he reported. He had nothing to do with his father being naked. And then it says, 23, Shem and Jephthah took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. They didn't even see it. They just covered him up. So, we we have to address that. Noah planted the vineyard, grew the grapes. He got drunk off the wine. He fell asleep. He was seen naked by Ham. Ham told his brothers that Noah was naked. Shem and Jephthah covered their eyes and then covered Noah. Noah woke up from being drunk and realized what had happened. And Noah cursed his grandson, Canaan. Those are the eight major facts that happen in these verses. 
And there's no twisting that. So, you know, we, we, we got, we got some problems here that people want to buy into. So, if we look at Strong's 7200, you'll see a word there. R-A-A-H. R-A-A-H. It means to see, appear, or to become visible. That's the word we see in Genesis 9.22. Okay? That's the correct word. And again, it means to see, appear, or to become visible. That's what it means. Okay, so now when we go to Leviticus 18 and 7, we read about the nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother shall not uncover. She is thy mother, thou shall not uncover her nakedness. You know, that was um, reading from the King James Version, Leviticus 18.7. Okay, so there's a different word there. So, that word is Strong's 15.40. And that is G-A-L-A-H, G-A-L-A-H. It means to uncover, remove, or expose. See, that's doing something. When you uncover something, when you remove something, you expose something. It's totally different from seeing something. Seeing something and removing something is two different things. Uh, Something appearing and something being removed is two different things. Something becoming visible and exposing something is two different things. So they clearly are two different words used. And they have different meanings totally. But people try to uh, interchange them and try to give them the same meaning. And they don't. Not at all do they have the same meaning. So we have to be mindful of that. Now timing. The law. Leviticus lays down the law. Okay, when we were looking in Genesis, the law had not been given. So it would have been a slight against Noah. When you're talking about what we see in Leviticus 18 verse 7, now that would be breaking the law. And that's the law that God has set down. It did not exist in Genesis. And it's something totally different. Seeing something, removing something, exposing something, uncovering something is totally different. Like I said, the scriptures do not support that Ham did anything. He did not remove anything. He did not uncover anything. He did not expose anything. His father, like I said, was drunk, fell asleep. He was seen naked by Ham. And then his older brothers, Shem and Jephthah, they covered their eyes. They covered Noah. Noah woke up from being drunk and realized what had happened. And he cursed his grandson. Okay. So, and we also need to uh, get down to the lineage of Ham and the land of Ham. But before we get there, 
Let's uh, look at the text in Leviticus. Let's look at that a little bit closer. So let's go back to Leviticus 18. I want us to see something. It's important. So we're going to go back to Leviticus 18. All right. So let's go up to look at uh, Leviticus chapter 18 verse 1 then the Lord spoke to Moses saying to speak to the children of Israel and say to them I am the Lord your God three according to the doings of the land of Egypt where you dwelt you shall not do and according to the doings of the land of Canaan where I am bringing you you shall not do, nor shall you walk in their ordinances. For you shall observe my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk in them. I am the Lord your God. Five, you shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. Six, none of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness. I am the Lord. Seven, the nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother you shall not uncover. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. Basically, he's talking about sexual intercourse. You know, Ham did not have sexual intercourse with his father. Nothing could be farther from the truth. This is what God is talking about. When you go down to verse 9, it says, The nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother, whether born at home or elsewhere, their nakedness you shall not uncover. He's talking about incest. 10. The nakedness of your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, their nakedness you shall not uncover. For there is your own nakedness. The nakedness of, that's 11, the nakedness of your father's wife, daughter begotten by your father. She is your sister. You shall not uncover her nakedness. 12, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is near of kin to your father. 13, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is near of kin to your mother. 14, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. You shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. 15, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. 16, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. That's all talking about incestuous relationships. Uncover means a nakedness means to have sexual intercourse in any sense of the word. If it has sex in it, uh, you know, that's not what you should be doing with these people in close proximity to you. They are your kin. So that did not happen with uh, Ham in reference to seeing his father. He did not uncover. He did not remove. He did not expose. Like I said, we have to understand what words mean. Saw, remove, uncover, expose are not the same thing. We have to definitely 
uh, be mindful of that. And, you know, you're not allowed, you know, to use God's word uh, to, uh, you know, perpetuate that. You know, that's a lie. And it's not of God. So the text in Leviticus clearly says that the neckness of thy father and the neckness of thy mother. The text differentiates between the two, but these those teachings that Ham did something to his mother will not point it out. Over and over again, the Genesis text makes it clear that Ham saw the nakedness of his father. If he seen his mother naked, he would use the same word as Moses used in Leviticus and said it was the nakedness of his mother. So, you know, there, Ham did not do anything even remotely close to that. So we, we have to make sure that we are not trying to, you know, blur the lines scripturally. That is the same thing. It's not. Not at all. So, let's keep going here. It's a very, very um, wonderful lesson we're hearing in reference to the false teaching about the curse of Ham. Now, let's go down to the book of Psalms. So, we're going to go to Psalms. And we're going to look at Psalm 105. So, and we're going to go to 105, verse 23. And the Word of God says this, Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. So that is Psalm 105.23. Now let's look at verse 27. We're still in Psalm 105. And verse 27 says, And they performed his signs among them and the wonders in the land of Ham. And now let's go to Psalm 106. And we're going to go to verse 22. And the word of God says, Wondrous works in the land of Ham, also things by the Red Sea. So, what does that mean? It is through Ham's lineage that we see the development of most of Africa and a large portion of the Middle East, including modern-day Israel and Iraq. Here's the breakdown of Ham's lineage and the countries they founded. We know that Egypt was considered the land of Ham. And the reason why we know that, because we just read it in Psalm 105, 23, Psalms 105, 27, and Psalms 106, 22. The land of Ham was Egypt based on the context and the reference to the events in Exodus. Many believe these verses to have been written by David. Those that claim that Ham was the father of all black Africans and then deny that Egyptians were black even though they descended from Ham do so based solely on their racial bias to Hebrews marrying, living among, and being mistaken for black people. Uh, if you uh, will recall, when Moses met his wife, who wasn't his wife at the time, Zipporah, her, she came from, uh, it was she and six other sisters, and you know, seven of them, and they thought that Moses was an Egyptian. Because Hebrews and Egyptians got mistaken for one another all the time. 
they looked a lot alike. Now, we talked about the sons of Ham. We talked about Cush, which represents Africa, um, Ethiopia, uh, you're talking about the Sudan, Mizoram, uh, Egypt, Put is Libya, and Canaan is Israel. Those are the sons of Ham. So are they cursed? Now, when you look at the sons of Cush, they are in northern and eastern Africa. They come out of northern and west Yemen. They come out of Ethiopia and the Sudan. They come out of the Saudi Arabia. They come out of uh, Iraq and Babylon. That That's the geographical location of where they're from. And then you're looking at... Uh, when we look at the sons of Mizoramim, you have the Moors that are from Libya. Uh, you also have Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt. We talked about that's what that name meant. And that was the word for Egypt. So, I mean, it just is amazing to me. That, you know, people are still falling for that false teaching. And, you know, you got the Shemites, which are descendants from Shem. You have the Hamites, who are the descendants of Ham. And let's look at some uh, intermixing, if you will. Uh, did Abraham not have a child with Hagar? And Hagar uh, is Sarah's handmaiden, and she is of Egyptian lineage. And that would be Ishmael. So let's go to Genesis chapter 16. And let's see if the scripture supports that. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 16. And we're going to look at verse 15. And see if the scriptures support that. That's Abraham. And the word of God says, So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar born, Ishmael. And it says in verse 16, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So that's also Abraham. So that would be in Genesis 16:15. So... Let's go to David and Abigail. So, we are going to go to 1 Chronicles. And see what it says about King David and Abigail. So, we're going to go to 1 Chronicles. We're going to go to chapter 3. I'm just giving you some examples that uh, are here in Scripture. Again, 1 Chronicles chapter 3. Okay, and it talks about Daniel being born of Abigail, and Abigail is a Carmelitess. 
And that is from the line of Ham. And also, David has a son, Ammon, that was also born to uh, one of the Jezreelites. So, another woman in the line of Ham. Esau, he had a child. And we find that in Genesis 36, verse 4. And that's from a Hittite. So, you know, it's just going on and on and on. And probably the most profound, who was actually added into the tribes that were actually adopted, were uh, Joseph's two kids. Uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, they were actually adopted into the 12 tribes because they were Joseph's kids. And we find that in Genesis 46, verse 20. So Genesis 46, verse 20. And to Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, whom Asenet, the daughter of Pati Pharaoh, priest of On, bore to him. So, I mean, that's part of the twelve tribes. But the other two, which were Ephraim and Manasseh, they were actually adopted into the 12 tribes because of who Joseph was. So Joshua is from the tribe of Ephraim. And we know who Joshua was to Moses. He was his minister who went on and led the people into the promised land. But that's from a descendant of Ham. And then the men who were descendants of Shem, Abraham, Ahab, David, Esau, Joseph, Judah, Moses, Samson, Simeon, Solomon. So you have women in the line of Ham and you have men in the line of Shem and you have the mixing of the Hamites and the Shemites and these children who are great people in the Bible and who the Lord loved and who the Lord blessed and the Lord, you know, gave them great assignments and great authority. So how does that happen that Ham is considered cursed? I haven't seen anything that says where Ham was cursed. But it's taught that to cause division and be able to perpetuate justification to oppress 
and to terrorize and to mislead and to try to get people in a position that they believe that they're favored by God. But how can you be favored by God when you use his word to lie and to cheat and to steal and to cause division and to terrorize? How is that promoting the kingdom? How is that building the kingdom? How is that honoring who our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died for? How is that fulfilling the prophecy? You have to ask yourself, who benefits by these lies? It's not God. That's not how he builds his kingdom. So you have to ask yourself, Why would you sit under leadership that is biblically unsound? It's not supported. And God is not a racist. Not at all. How does that benefit? And you can't, you know, pick and choose scriptures and wipe out all regions. And you have to understand your geography. And don't let Hollywood's portrayal cause you to stumble and fall. And perpetuate lies. Hollywood is a business. Their job is to sell. What it ever is that they're promoting. So we have to be mindful of that. So you can't get caught up. You have to do your research. You definitely need to understand. That the text that we're looking at uh, the words at that particular time as far as the language would be Hebrew and uh, Aramaic that was being used at that particular time so we have to be mindful of that so it wouldn't be English and the original language was not English it's a translation. So we need to be able to understand that it's going to use the best English words that they can find to try to convey the Word of God and its meaning. But we do have the original language that we can use and that we can study to make sure that we are more concise in our understanding of what God was conveying. It's very important that you understand that.
and that we understand it. And we need to go deeper. We cannot just deal with surface things. God is not a surface God. And he wants us to make sure that we have it. And not for a minute be deceived. And it's going to take us to get out of our emotions and believe that God has something for all of us and that what God has for you, he has for you. And you should not be threatened by lies. And you need to reject them. And as soon as you reject them, the better you'll be. Because you have to put it up against scripture. You know, God is the the final authority here. He is not going to be misinterpreted. And there will be a day of reckoning. We all have a responsibility to speak the word of God correctly, understand it correctly, and to make sure that we're not operating in contradictions and that we are not promoting a racial theology. No. That is heresy. It's totally heretic. It's not scripturally based. It is not going to stand up. We have to give an account. And we have to really, really ask ourselves... What is it that we're afraid of? Do you seek God for protection? Then God will be a protector to those who seek Him and are in relationship and want to be obedient and follow His commands and study His Word. Because if God before you, who could be against you? Your complexion is not the protection that you're seeking when it comes to the Word of God and when it comes to being in right relationship. It's important. That you understand where things took place and the type of people that God used. Because we have to see ourselves in the scriptures. It can't be an elitist type of theology that's going forth. We owe it to ourselves to dig deep 
and to root out all the lies. Because we're in the soul-saving business. And these tents that we're wearing, they will fold up. And God is a spirit. And we have to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Not in division. Not in perpetuating curses that aren't true. And when you perpetuate curses that aren't true and teachings that aren't true, you bring curses upon yourself. We're not supposed to add anything to Scripture and we're not supposed to take anything away from Scripture. It's important that we don't perpetuate lies. Seek the Holy Spirit in your study. Address your fears. Thank God that lies have been revealed and they have no more power over you. They have no hold over you. And that you can see God operating. See, we talked about last week that he had a mixed multitude of people that came into the wilderness and out of Egypt, a mixed multitude. They were all types of people. There's a mixed multitude of us who claim the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And he's here for us, all of us. And we need to get out of self and get into our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And eat up this word. Devour this word. Don't let division hold you back from what God has for you. We love you. Save the lost at all costs. God bless. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live-called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please 
feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.